Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for August 20th, 2017. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Amy Jacks Dean, co-pastor with Russ Dean at Park Road Baptist Church. Amy's sermon today is entitled, And Yet She Persists Still. Um, I will say I'm picking up on the Esther thing, even though so much has happened in our country this week, and we will speak to that during the prayer of intercession. But I didn't want to just drop this and leave it hanging because I did that back in March when I really felt the need to talk about, use Queen Esther to talk about some things that I feel like need to be said about women. And I had planned to do that before the presidential election. I planned it for March thinking we'd be far enough away from the whole Hillary thing and the Trump thing. And, you know, we got to March and we weren't past it. And uh, feelings felt a little too raw and I just didn't feel like I could tackle this uh, issue at the time. And then we put out there, what do you want us to preach about uh, this summer? And one of our young adult women said, Esther, Esther, Esther. So I girded my loins and here we go now here we go I'm going to if you were here two weeks ago you can check out for about three minutes because the first page is very repetitive of two weeks ago because I really need to set the stage and then I will pick up um, with some new stuff two weeks ago I tackled talking about some women's issues today is a follow-up I hope it's not a conclusion for we must keep talking about this So I'm borrowing the first page of that two-week sermon to catch you up to speed if you weren't here two weeks ago. Our most recent presidential election gave us plenty to talk about concerning women. Unfortunately, we either argued about it or refrained from talking about it altogether. So an entire campaign season that lasted forever and in many ways feels like it's still going on bombarded us with lots to talk about concerning women. And yet, for the most part, I have remained silent on this topic. A woman nearly became president of the United States of America. That is worth talking about from a theological perspective. Like her or hate her, it's worth a conversation about what it means to little girls and young women and to adult women and to grandmothers for that matter, that a woman, a woman almost became president. After almost a hundred years of women having the right to vote, a woman almost became president. And we also need to talk about, not in political terms, but in theological terms, what it means to have a president that refers to women in the very crass ways that he has. He owes us an apology for the ways he has talked about women's appearances and women's bodies. It is not okay to say those things ever by anyone ever. You see, the presidential election of 2016 left us with a lot more to talk about than just politics, but we're so divided that we can't have these sub-conversations like a women's issue without it 
seeming political. It's not about politics, it's about women and how women are created in the image of God. It's about how women are loved by God. It's about how women are more than our outward appearances. It's about how we talk about women. It's about how we treat women. It's about how we think about women. It's about how we keep silent about women and their issues. I would hope that we are all feminists. It is not a bad word. A feminist is someone who believes in the inherent worth of all women. A feminist believes that a woman can be and should be anything she chooses to be. Queen Esther was a feminist. It is true. She came to royal power for just such a time that she saved her people. And to this day, she is celebrated and revered as a woman of courage and strength and fortitude and savvy and sass. I love her. She was so much more than her outward appearance. Part of the story is about Queen Vashti, who left her royal throne and decided to claim in her own feminist way no to being treated as a commodity just for her good looks. She too is to be admired for stepping away from a system where only her body and her appearance are appreciated. And then Senator Mitch McConnell very, I think, accidentally stepped into a fray on the Senate floor when he said about Senator Elizabeth Warren. Senator Warren was giving a lengthy speech. She had appeared to violate the rules. She was warned. She was given an explanation. Nevertheless, she persisted. And it took off like t-shirts and coffee mugs and tattoos. Nevertheless, she persisted. Next month in Waco, Texas, there is a conference for women in ministry entitled, it's clever, nevertheless, she preached. It is billed as a dynamic grassroots event in Waco, Texas, celebrating women's voices in the pulpit. After centuries of underrepresentation and misrepresentation in our pulpits, churches, denominational leadership, and seminaries, we who have so often been silenced stand together to celebrate our voices. In the spirit of the brave women who have gone before us, we add our voices to theirs in praise, in partnership, in proclamation, and in protest. You see, this conference came to be because when Truett Seminary, that sits on the campus of Baylor University, decided to co-sponsor a Russell Moore event, Russell Moore is a very high-profile figure in the Southern Baptist Convention and not particularly a lover or supporter of women in ministry. So Truett Seminary decided to co-sponsor an event that he was going to speak at at Baylor. And when the 500-plus women alums expressed to the administration of Truett Seminary how disappointed they were and how betrayed they felt that they were co-sponsoring Russell Moore, they said that they would cancel the event and issue a statement in support of women in ministry. Good for them. Should have thought about it before doing it, but let's be gracious and forgiving. Good for them. <laughs> More than a week later, 
Truett was in discussion about whether it can issue such a statement supporting women in ministry given the politics in Texas Baptist life. You have no idea what Baptist life is like in Texas. It's another thing in Texas. But the seminary felt, I'm sure they were scared of losing some good Texas money that was coming to them if they made this open support of women in ministry. But supporting women in ministry had been one of the founding principles at Truett Seminary. But now you can imagine that the women alums do not feel very supported, loved, or affirmed. Nevertheless, she preached. Whether filling traditional roles of what we think of as women's work, like nurses or teachers or stay-at-home moms, or whether as a surgeon or firefighter or even a preacher, women can and should be given every opportunity that men have been given to be all that God created us to be. On that, I think we likely all agree. But the church has a duty to say it out loud. We live in a time when we probably think we have all arrived on this point. We have not. If we had, conferences like Nevertheless She Preached wouldn't be happening next month. The truth is, I have so much to say about this, but too much for a pulpit, because it really should be a conversation, and this isn't a conversation. I also have so many feelings, but they are too vulnerable from the pulpit. I will say that I think a lot of what holds women back has to do with body issues that women face. And these kinds of things need to be said from pulpits. Not just for the women to hear, for men to hear as well. And as I said last week to begin my sermon, I recognize that I am giving a very binary presentation here. As if women and men are that separate. I recognize in our transgender conversation going on in our culture that already what I'm saying is behind the times. So I'm just keeping up with how the church is. We're always behind the times. But you have to start somewhere, and I felt the need to start here. I think a lot of what holds women back has to do with body issues that women face. It comes from within ourselves, yes, but those inner feelings are fanned into flame by a culture that still judges, reviews, and evaluates women by their outward appearance more than anything else. I watched a video of a photo shoot for a model. It's another one of those Dove ads that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. Love the Dove campaign about women. Buy Dove, buy Dove, buy Dove. I don't even use Dove, but I will because they're doing such a great job of talking about women's bodies and the issues that come with our bodies. So this Dove campaign, one of the videos is a photo shoot of a model. They bring in this very regular looking woman until the professionals get a hold of her. And then she is transformed into another kind of beautiful, 
a made-up beautiful. She was beautiful to start with, and then she was another kind of beautiful, a made-up beautiful, after they finished. Now, let me tell you, I love makeup. I love makeup. I always have loved makeup. I wanted to wear makeup long before my parents would let me wear makeup. I will not give up my makeup. <laughs> I admire Alicia Keys, I really do, and her hashtag no makeup movement. I am on board with it 100%. I want all of you women and girls to do it. I'm not going to, but I support, <laughs> I support you from the core of my being. I want you to do it. I just, she's on to something with that. And I will tell you at Camp Prism this summer, on the first night after all the girls were in bed and I went and took my shower and washed my face and I came out, Honestly, I scared the girls. I'm not kidding. They could not stop talking about what I looked like. And they weren't mean. It wasn't, it wasn't they were saying you're ugly. They were just saying how different I looked, weren't you? It was different, weren't you? Wasn't it? They had a little look of shock. They really couldn't let it go. And uh, finally, Kate Pulaski, who was the youth counselor, was like, guys, quit talking about it. I mean, it was, it was I could apparently be a model for before and after for Merle Norman. I'm just saying. <laughs> but it was so important for the girls to see me like that. I was completely comfortable without my makeup on. All the youth have seen me with no makeup on. It's not like I won't let you see me with no makeup on. They're not in the pulpit. I will always have on makeup here. It's just my thing. And I get to be who I am. That's what it means to be a feminist. I get to be who I am. And that's who I am. But what got me about this video of the model's transformation was not the makeup and hair. It was what they did to her with the help of computer technology. After she was beautifully, completely made over by top artists, then the computer got a hold of her and elongated her neck and raised her cheekbones and reset her eyebrows with the perfect arch and then thickened her lips. And then the cutaway was to her drop-dead gorgeousness on a huge billboard. And then Dove pastes across the, across the image no wonder our perception of beauty is distorted. My heart breaks when I see teenage girls about, when, my heart breaks when I see teenage girls take about 25 pictures, checking each one of them until it is the exact smile, the exact head tilt, the exact pose that they are comfortable posting to their Instagram account. You don't see guys doing this because as a culture, we've not taught them to see themselves as ugly, less than, too much, or not enough. But I think it breaks my heart when I see girls do that because I know what that feels like. It doesn't go away when you're 51. I don't want to speak in huge generalizations, but guys, you don't really know what I'm talking about. 
it breaks my heart because I have learned that if you hold the camera up high, it doesn't show my neck. This is gospel stuff. You're beautiful. The culture doesn't get to decide your beauty. God has already decided it. Women, stop doing that. Stop taking ten pictures to get the perfect one. The first one is perfect enough. I have a good friend who's a minister, and she's on a little bit of a self-campaign to help women and their body issues. I love her posts. I read them over and over. Two of her most recent posts are quotes, and the first one is this. Women's body image is a collective issue our society suffers when half the population channels their creative energy into being smaller. When half the population channels our creative energy into being smaller, healthier is good. And maybe in the process of healthy, you might become smaller, but it should not be your goal. Her next quote says this, don't worry about your body. It isn't as small as it once was, but honestly, the world needs more of you. You look in the mirror like you've done something wrong, but you look perfect. Anyone who says otherwise is telling a lie to make you feel weak, and you know better. You've survived every single day for as long as you've been alive. You could spit fire if you wanted. Esther spit fire. I look back at that row of girls of you. You're beautiful. I'm sorry that even at 50 we don't sometimes get it. But I'm trying and I want you to try with me. You are beautiful. Do not let billboards, magazines, and over-excessive sexualization in our society tell you anything else. You heard it here at church. Let that be your foundation. One of my favorite songwriters is a folk singer from Black Mountain, North Carolina, David Wilcox. He has an old song from the late 80s called Kitchen Blue. He spills a can of blue paint, and uh, it kind of makes an interesting piece of art and puts it up on the wall, and everybody comes in, oh, who's the artist? It's so beautiful. And it, was, it was all an accident that he didn't even clean up, and, and it becomes beautiful art. And I thought about this one verse in his song. Now, most folks suffer in sorrow thinking they're just no good. They don't match the magazine model as close as they think they should. They live just like the paint by numbers. The teacher would be impressed. A lifetime of follow the lines. So it's just like all the rest. Leave it like it is. Never mind the turpentine. Just leave it like it is. It's fine. It really is fine. 
May it be so. Amen. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.